Hello and welcome to the Living Imperfectly podcast with me, your host, Claire. You're listening to the podcast that provides you with real honest discussions on how embracing imperfection can be a helpful approach to improving our relationship with food, body image, exercise and navigating through our messy lives in general. So let's get started. Today's episode, I am joined by a lovely guest, Sophie from Performance Endurance Training. I'll let Sophie properly introduce herself in a few seconds, but first I want to share that Sophie is my wonderful coach and I don't know what I would do without her. I really wanted to get her on to discuss the topic of why communication is key to coaching and how it can massively help you navigate through the ups, the downs and all the messy stuff in between. So I'll pass you over to Sophie. So let our listeners know a little bit about you. Okay, thanks, Claire. Um, so yeah, I'm Sophie Dunnett. I'm the head coach at Performance Endurance Training. I've got two other coaches that work with me now. Um, we are an online coaching business, um, which doesn't mean that we never see our athletes. Um, we um, work with predominantly with athletes online. And the idea of that is that anyone that needs the support we can provide can reach us regardless of where they live geographically. Um, the coaches are based in the north of Scotland and also in the north of England as well. Um, so yeah, we've, we've got a wide range of athletes that we work with. Um, and yeah, we're really there to support individuals to get the most out of their fitness journey that they want. And for some athletes that's recreational, for others it's performance. But as I say, it's, it's not dictated by us. It's it's dictated by the athletes that we work with. Um, I've been coaching for 36 years now, which is absolutely scary. 36? Yes, 36 years now. Um, but the business has been going for about four years um, and purely set up a business because I didn't have enough hours in the day to, to coach all the folk that wanted to work with me. And the only way I could do that was to, to have a business. And that's me. Yay. Okay, so let's get to the nitty gritty. Why is communication key in coaching? Oh gosh, um, so for me, without communication, you don't have a coach-athlete relationship. Um, it's, it's as basic as that. Um, when an athlete approaches us to be coached, if I can kind of describe that process, because it, it kind of cements where, where we place the value of, of communication so somebody will get in touch looking potentially for an insurance coach um will have an email exchange or you know whatever medium they've contacted us through i'll then send a document to them for them to complete with as much details as i can and then we'll hop onto a phone call or a video call and um, where we've then got a second raft of, of questions to go through and partly that is to find out the nuts and bolts of what they do at the moment, how they perform as an athlete, where they are in their journey. But actually, more importantly, is how they communicate with us. Um, and by the end of that two stages of interaction, I'll know whether or not we can build a relationship together, whether we've got an easy rapport, whether I believe they can be honest with us 
um, about literally anything in their life, not just their, their running. Um, because without that, then the, the chances are that we're not going to get the most out of them um, and they're not going to get the best out of our expertise. Um, we work with a large number of athletes and I can hand on heart say the athletes that perform the best, this is maybe a big statement, but those that perform the best and get the most out of their training are those that engage with us the most. So Claire's Voices on Wednesday are um, quite famous now, um, as is all the other messages that I get from, from Claire and from all of my athletes. Um, they know that, you know, because everyone is different. So I've got some athletes who literally message me every day after every session. And it can be something as simple as four miles with a tick in it. And that's great. I know they've been out and everything's okay. Um, I've had five messages from athletes this morning, either telling me about the road surface conditions, so therefore do we need to switch the programs, or one of them's got the lurgy, so what should they do? Um, you know, and, and that's just like everyday communications that we have. Those that don't have the time or are maybe not um, as attuned to that level of communication, um, get a friendly reminder at least once a week from me just to, to check in with me because genuinely we can download as many metrics as we want from uh, Garmin, Sunto, whatever platform they're using. But what we actually need is the reflection from the individual as to how they're feeling, how their training is going, et cetera. So yeah, communication is, is literally my world as far as coaching is concerned. I a hundred percent agree. It is. And I am very similar in the fact of when I'm taking on clients for myself, too. I kind of joke and say it's kind of a little bit like dating in a weird way, because you kind of need to know, you know, is this person, are we going to fit well? Because, you know, we're not everybody's cup of tea and that's OK. And also the way I see it as well is if perhaps if you don't get that click, then that's an opportunity to maybe say do you know what I think I know another coach that maybe is more your type of person um and then that's providing like that best service really if it's not if you're not that person there's always somebody there's always a, a coach that will fit you so don't try and force it I think is always the thing it will getting that you just know it's like dating mm -hmm. you just know <laughs> I did a I did a poll on Instagram um just maybe two months ago now and I know it's totally not scientific because it was a poll on Instagram but there was fifty folk replied so just over fifty so I reckon it's you know it, it's a good indicator mm -hmm. and I effectively asked people what was um of most importance in a coach to them and interestingly enough um a coach's knowledge was very low um as in our qualifications um as was um, sorry, I have a black Labrador who's joining in. Um, <laughs> um, as was our ability to run fast. Um, so in other words, they don't want to know that, that we can move at speed. They just want to know that we can get them to move at the speed they need to move at. Over 90%, about 91% of folk most valued the relationship that they had with their coach and the open and honest communication that they could have with them and as I say it was only just over 50 people but I do think it speaks volumes for oh. how important people place that oh definitely definitely so what things do coaches want to know and 
why do we want to know them like it, it like it's not just for the sake of it you know there is reasons isn't there yeah absolutely so um there's there's things that we must know um if we're going to get the athlete to get the best out of effectively an investment that they've made in us and they're running so we need to know about the sessions that they're doing um, and as I say, we can download the metrics, but we need to know how it feels. So it, it's the, you know, how did it go? Did you get what you want? Did you hit your pacings? If you were hitting your pacings, did they feel okay? You know, because some, well, you, you and I both know we can hit our pacings, but it can be a real struggle or we can feel that we could have pushed on more. Um, so that kind of reflection on absolutely everything is really important. Mm-hmm. Out with, hold on a minute. Coco, go away. <laughs> Hello, Coco. Welcome to the podcast. <laughs> outside of outside of the specifics around training, um, we also need to know. Like I asked my athletes about what other things they've got in their lives that I need to know about out with work and and um, their training. So that's you know, do you go to church on a Sunday? Um, do you have children? Do they have after school clubs? All these types of things because I need to. A, a program that we write for an athlete has got to be sustainable. It doesn't have to be perfect to use the term around this podcast, but it, it has to be perfect enough for them. So it has to fit into the gaps that they've conceivably got in their lives that they want to run in and has to be sustainable. So somebody saying to me, yes, I, I can do that volume of training and I can do not, that number of sessions, but I can only do it for two weeks. That's no use. It has to be the consistency of that approach over a long period of time. So we kind of need to know not just about the individual and their athletic abilities, but we also need to know the wrap around them as a person. We also need to know, or it's it's invaluable for as a coach for us to know um, when athletes are struggling with things. And, and for everyone, that can look entirely differently. Um, I once jested with somebody that I potentially knew things about some of my athletes that their partners didn't even know, um, which is is quite a big statement, but I actually think it may be true in some cases. Um, and I feel in a very humble position to, to say that. Um, and some senses, it, you know, I've been told some things and I've said, hmm, you maybe want to go and discuss this with your partner as well because I kind of felt that they were almost testing out that conversation on me because I was a safe place for that. Um, and this is maybe jumping about a bit, but there is also that aspect of anything that an athlete says to you stays with you. Um, and in no way does it ever get repeated or suggested in, in any other shape or form anywhere else. So the person needs to know they can come to you with absolutely anything. And, and it is sacrosanct to that relationship. Um, I've got, and I seem to have attracted um, a large number of female athletes who are either dealing with body image issues now or have in the past. Um, also, and I don't know if it's indicative of my age, but I've got quite a few women who are peri or menopausal. And it's just, it's so nice to be able to, because that's not my area of expertise, but as a woman, it's so nice to be able to provide them with my thoughts as to, you know, what they could try or where they should go and seek advice from. Um, and I've probably gone completely off to- topic. No, clear. not at all. Like it is all very valuable. And I do actually think like naturally, like certain type of people will 
navigate to you because there's that feeling of trust and you know that's why you know one part of the reason why I obviously came to you you know you, you follow people on social media you suss them out somebody might mention their name to you and you'll suss them out and you think do you know what I could trust that person to be to enough to share and like it's like what you're saying like they're trusting you more than like their partners I get that like I've I've similar you know because it's maybe things that they're not quite ready to to deal with or not sure how a person who is very close to them can respond but we're kind of like in a little bit more of a neutral we've got a close relationship but we're arm's length it's not something you're going to see every day is it um so yeah I totally I get all of that um and I think that comes into like part of it is building this awareness of when things perhaps aren't necessarily right or not your your normal I think your normal is different to somebody else's normal but figuring out what that is can be part of the process in coaching and learning how to communicate that with your coach like I'm experienced this is that normal is it it's not really my normal that kind of thing um like how do you feel about like how do you see that in your athletes do you find that over time they learn more of this awareness and how to kind of bring those topics up with you or um I think so I mean some well if I can say two things so my Instagram and my website are written very similar you know I am who I am um I'm not a fantastic athlete myself. I'm 100% committed to coaching. And that hopefully comes through in everything I write. I also don't write scientific speak. I, I write the way I talk, um, you know, and, and I am just that, that is who I am. I tend to therefore attract athletes that are very much of that kilt. So I don't, you know, yes, we'll have conversations about the latest theory about, you know, for example, should we use pace metrics versus heart rate, blah, 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 you know, all these types of things. But I, I often say to my kids who are now all grown up, but I often say to them, you know, I I absolutely adore working with every single one of my athletes. They are just the best people ever. And, and you know, Often the response I get to that is, but mum, you know, that's the way you are. So you attract that type of people. Um, and I think that's very true. All of my all of my athletes and all the athletes we work with, they they are 100% committed to their training. You know, they're expending a huge amount of their life and their time and that of their, their families to their running journey. But at the same time, they want a bit of banter and they want a laugh. And that comes through in the messages that we get now sometimes it comes through straight away um you know because they're just instantly comfortable with the relationship they've got with you and then other times it takes a little bit of teasing out um but I think part of um part of that teasing out for anyone that's unsure is again it's just the constant communication that we provide the whole time um you know and giving a little bit of ourselves as humans um, as opposed to being standoffish and um, you know so my athletes know me um you know me you know all the issues that I deal with the same as everyone else does and I make that very very ob obvious on social media not for a pity 
party um but more just because i want other people to say oh well that's okay you know mm-hmm. yeah somebody else is dealing with that just now and this is what they're doing with it so therefore you know i i can get on with it because i realize other people are in the same boat yeah it's my i mean that's self-compassion right there which is a big thing of what i try and promote is it's that coming to that it isn't just you um there is common humanity you are human you say it to me all the time you know um because I need that reminder too we all need that reminder that you are human that it's gonna this is kind of just part of being a human um and it kind of helps you just talk to yourself with a little bit of more of kindness rather than that critical judgy put yourself down you failed at everything kind of chat that we that we all tend to do from time to time as humans. Um, so, yeah, and I think once, I think when coaches open up that level of vulnerability, it allows you to also say, oh yeah, like I also feel like that too sometimes. Um, you know, like when you see like coaches that come across, they're just super motivated all the time and everything's just amazing all the time. And you're like, no, it's not. <laughs> I know I have I have so many of my athletes that check in on me which is just absolutely lovely you know and it just yeah I think um one of I mean I I know I'm in this situation with a good number of my athletes who I now class as, as really good friends but one of the other coaches who works with me in one of their athletes messaged me and said I got in touch with you looking for a coach and I've now got a best friend. And I just, oh, oh. I just thought that was absolutely lovely. Yeah. And and what was really nice about it is it, it was two guys. Oh. You know, so it was this, you know, this thing about the fact that we say that, you know, men don't sort of like demonstrate their, their true emotions. And there it was in a message. It was just lovely. Oh, that's so, but it is, it, it like you really do build that kind of relationship. Like, I'll joke and I'll be like I'm away to leave like Sophie a voice note and like she's gonna just sort all my problems out <laughs> she's gonna sort I'm just gonna sort my, my life out <laughs> I'm like that's how much hope I've got um but it's like that thing of like you know I was never always like that you know I would would have hidden you know you're like saying about the data and stuff like that I 100% agree with you data only tells you so much it doesn't and that's like another conversation right there like people comparing themselves on Strava and stuff it doesn't tell you what that was like um and I think we maybe perceive that everybody is cracking on but actually they could be having a horrible time um and we, we maybe feel like a little bit ashamed to admit like, oh, this is not going as well as I planned or I feel like I failed or I'm the worst client or, you know, I've sometimes had clients that have maybe mentioned like similar kind of, you know, oh, am I the worst client? And you're like, no, God, no, I don't have any, like, that's not how I operate. I don't see anything like that. Come on. We're all in the trenches here together. Um, But it, I do kind of can relate to that feeling as well because that's not how I used to when I've worked with coaches in the past it's not been that way I felt like I had to perform to their standards instead of you know the way that we operate you know there is the plan 
and the plan gets changed according to the absolute nightmare of my life sometimes um, and it's like oh right okay so I think we're on plan z now <laughs> like but it's just that thing whereas before be very fearful of saying to coach oh my god like I I can't do this anymore and that feeling of failure and there's nothing worse than feeling that way and feeling scared to admit that to somebody that isn't going to offer you some kindness back so yeah I got a message I got a message the other day from somebody who who was obviously having a really really bad day and I just they, they didn't openly say it to me but I just knew from the kind of communication I've had from them that it just really wasn't a good day and um and they work shifts they work incredibly hard and I just said to them do you know what you're actually going to take a rest day today mm. and we're going to revisit your training tomorrow and the reply came back that's the message that I I didn't expect but I absolutely needed and it, and it is very much that I think you know they they had this perception that I was going to go but you've got to go and train today whereas actually they just needed to not train they needed to go and have a complete duvet day you know and just yeah. refocus and get up the next morning and press go again and yeah I, I think a lot of the time coaches athletes approach coaches because they want accountability um, and they interpret accountability as being the person who's going to keep them on track doing their plan but keeping somebody on track to do their plan doesn't actually mean that they do all the sessions you as a coach are the person that says I actually need us to take a step back from where we thought we were going so we can start stepping forward again so accountability I think you know in some ways gets a little bit of bad press because everyone thinks it's about, you know, um, you know, my coach is going to tick off that I do all the sessions, but that accountability is actually also somebody who's going to say it's okay to not do that sessions and it's okay to move things to the left a wee bit and it's okay to completely throw your plans for the year up in the air um, and, you know, make, make plans all. clear. <laughs> somebody you were saying about um, people saying you know they're the worst client I've had people saying to me am I the most needy client and I always turn that on its head mm. on the basis that there is no such concept as needy to me that's the the person who would define themselves as needy is the person who's probably being the most honest with me um, and yes contacting me a whole lot but if that is what they need then that's that is my role you know to absolutely support them and and that support you know um yeah it can be 101 things but it is it's the person that that keeps them on track because you know quite often in you know as, as you know people run for lots of or are in the fitness industry for lots of, of reasons um and it can be the glue that holds them together as an individual um you know so as a coach we need to understand that whole individual not just the bit that is the performance element of it yeah no totally totally it's just I honestly think communication is just it's key um and I think it's freeing is also to not know like like I said before it's freeing to know you're not alone in this and you know it just makes it just makes life just that little bit easier um yeah. I think one thing as well like because we're obviously building like when you build that relationship on like the smaller side of things all the little 
um, things that we're opening up to, like sessions missed or anything like that, that building of trust opens up for the more serious things that could potentially be going on as well. So I do kind of want think it's important to say, like, sometimes by sharing just little snippets of things, as coaches, you can sometimes see potentially possibly like red flag situations so I wanted just to kind of ask you like to share a little bit about that um about sort of red flags from individuals yeah and what you know how how it helps us to see like the more serious things um and how we that can maybe help us like you said there take an extra rest day or point them in the direction I think I mean, it's more so things like for females, like losing their periods or for anybody like dropping like serious weight and not sleeping and all these things. Um, it's like the importance of that. And like, how do you feel about all that kind of side of things? Oh, gosh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, massively important. Uh, I think that you... Um, as a coach, you have to be incredibly perceptive. And it's not just, it, sometimes it's what the person doesn't tell you as opposed to what they do tell you mm-hmm. um, that's really important. And it can be things as simple as you said about sleep. So for example, if I go onto my WhatsApp first thing in the morning, which I do every morning, um, and you know, one of my athletes has been you know, sending me a message at four o'clock in the morning. Um, I had one at three o'clock this morning. My first reaction to that message is not replying to the message itself. It's, you know, <laughs> why were you awake at that time in the morning? Mm-hmm. And, you know, that coupled with maybe other information I get, you you put it together. But I think that um, your ability to be perceptive to people and have the time to just stop and question something that's been said mm-hmm. to you. So there are a lot of coaches out there who work with a huge number of athletes. I personally don't know how they do it. Um, you know, I have a ceiling upon which I can connect with that number of individuals and I can emotionally carry them um, because, you know, we're not just, if we're investing in our athletes properly and we're being receptive to them and we're giving ourselves to them you know we only have so much emotional capacity to do that so I think that as coaches we need to be very aware of of what our tipping point is so that we can still be there for people um but yeah massive red flags for me um as I say I've got I suppose I'm really really fortunate I I've got um I've got people who are brutally honest with me about absolutely everything and that's totally what I want and that's great I don't need to go digging because I know if there's an issue they'll just tell me about it which is fantastic I've got other people where I have to kind of like strip away the layers a little bit to get to that level with them um and it's actually um, I've got qualifications in psychology and I actually find that bit of it really fascinating to do to get to that place with that person that you know you need to get to but you're not there at the start of the journey um, and to build up that trust with them. Um, I mean, trust, to a certain extent, as a coach, I feel that we we have that trust um, pretty early on, or we should have it. So if I say to somebody that, you know, in endurance terms, you know, you're going to be running a marathon in, in 12 weeks' time, and this is your marathon pace that I expect you to be able to hit, which is is based on metrics, so it's it's scientific, 
they've got to have the trust that when they go out and, and do that first marathon pace run and it feels absolutely horrendous that I'm not completely and utterly mad and that in 12 weeks time they're going to run 26.2 miles at that pace and funnily enough I had a conversation with somebody yesterday who when we were talking about their marathon pace for the build-up to London and they were like oh I, you know I don't know if I'm going to be able to do this pace but then I remembered I did it last year when you told me and I didn't believe it at this time of the year either and I still managed it you know so I think we give trust in what we do in a training sense which hopefully then cascades out to the sort of wider relationship that we have with our athletes and they take that trust from what we're asking them to do physically into the the relationship that we've got with them yeah no definitely I do I mean yeah it just goes kind of into all areas doesn't it and then you it just in general builds it all I mean I I could I could list I could probably write a book about how much stuff I've shared with you Sophie like right down to you know like real personal um from toilet breaks to um my periods my cycle uh food what I've been sick with uh you name it <laughs> Sophie knows <laughs> um I've got and... a <laughs> sorry I've I've got a um, an athlete that I work with who has a reasonably new partner and um and they were coming away with us to an event I was traveling with a number of athletes and their partner was coming away and I I said to my athlete I said do they like know about all the toilet talk and and they said yeah full disclosure when we started going out together and I was like that's good that's fine <laughs> yeah it's like and you only it's funny like long runs when you go out with somebody for a long run it's like the topics are normally toilet breaks food how far have we got to go it's the same thing there's just it's, it's so weird one of my clients actually um, asked me the other day where do you go to the toilet when you're running in the hills and I'm like anywhere <laughs> like just <laughs> anywhere we've got, <laughs> we've got no dignity <laughs> dignity is gone <laughs> and it's like absolutely like, oh my god and I'm like I know we're horrible creatures <laughs> and instantly you were thinking they're never going to become an ultra runner <laughs> yeah I'm like yeah it's not it's you know if you can't accept that that's what you're going to have to do then it's not for you it's not your <laughs> not your thing um one other thing I wanted to kind of ask was about um the communication like between like athlete and coach and how coming to that place of when like that horrible place that nobody really wants to talk about it's when we do have to reevaluate or like you said before to totally scrap everything and start again <laughs> it's horrible um how do you approach if 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 an athlete isn't you know hasn't really figured that is out there themselves how do you approach it and how do you kind of help people get to that place of understanding it oh gosh um and it's difficult isn't it <laughs> uh, it is difficult but in the end of the day we're not here for the easy bits um 
So if I can, I'll maybe give you a story and please remind me to come back to the question you actually asked. Um, but I think it's it's indicative of the fact that if you've, if you've got a coach who's not willing to, who just keeps driving forward when forward's obviously not the direction to go, they're not the right person for you. You've got to be working with somebody who can make that difficult decision with you and support you through that decision and and you know redirect you and it may be that you get back to where you wanted to be at some point or it may be that it's it's something totally different that's the way forward but as a coach we've got to be willing to have that difficult conversations and walk that time with that person um i went to so a couple of examples. I went to a marathon. I, I traveled the whole way to England to a marathon um, with one of my athletes um, a couple of years ago. And they DNF'd at mile 19, so did not finish. And I came home and somebody said to me, oh, that was a waste of your time. And I said, no, that's exactly when I needed to be there or when they DNF'd. That, you know, that cemented in that one moment, me having made the commitment to go the whole way to Chester to marathon and the person not finishing and me being that person that was there to support them that cemented our relationship you know since since three plus years mm. in in that one action so being a coach is not about the kudos you know coaches are great like oh my athlete did such and such and aren't they amazing that's not where you come into your own as a coach it's when things are going wrong that is the important bit anyone can support an athlete in the maybe big sense, who's running well, where we can't, you know, where, where you are special as a coach is when you support an athlete when things are not going well. Oh, sorry about that. Oh, <laughs> yeah. No, de definitely. And I think you're 100% right. When it's all going wrong to have your coach there, whether physically on the end of the phone whatever it it's like oh I'm, it's gonna be okay it's gonna be okay it's not it's not you know and also because it's so raw things like that it's so raw and you've trained for so long and and all that kind of thing and then to have somebody you're not potentially in that frame of mind to start picking out the positives and the lessons learned you're just seeing this horrendous thing that you've you've not got to the finish and to pick apart like and start to plant that seeds like but you know you've done this and you've done this and that was great and this was great and yeah maybe that wasn't great but we've got something to work on we're going to keep going um because yeah I mean I know how that feels like to DNF and it feels like that's it I'm never going to be able to run again um, which is just obviously not how it is but at the time it's raw isn't it yeah I had a the first time it happened to me and I, I remember it very very clearly and it was a male athlete um, we were big uh, big national championships and um, they cross country and they finished but they didn't place where they expected to place and their expectation wasn't unrealistic um, still had a brilliant race but it, it wasn't where they expected to place and normally when they would finish, they would come and see me immediately. Um, and I wasn't that far from the finish area when they got in and they just walked. They walked oh. away from me, from the thousands of people that were spectating. They, they just walked and disappeared. And I can remember standing in the middle of this muddy field thinking, what do I do? I'd never been faced with that situation. 
mm. in, with a, an athlete and certainly not a male athlete a female athlete my my intuition was to go and give him a big hug um and I just I didn't know what to do so I ended up standing in the middle of this field for about five minutes and then my athlete came back to me and I was like okay they're walking towards me that's positive what am I going to do when they actually get here and I didn't actually need to do anything because they just gave me the biggest hug and oh. they just needed that little bit of space to almost like put everything into a little bit of a box themselves. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and it taught me, you know, I learned a lot from that. Um, yeah, so did you, I know. Um, <laughs> I learned a lot from that um, about the fact that, you know, um, it is so so vitally important i know it's so vitally important to be there when things are going wrong um and you know i travel a lot with athletes um i've just been out in thailand in november with um, a couple of athletes and yes they both had brilliant races but everyone that was there didn't have brilliant races and i ended up having a conversation with one of the guys who didn't run to form and it was just again it was like that massive humbling situation to be to be the person that they wanted to speak to. And I mean, I'm not their coach, but just, I obviously gave off this aura that said, yeah, come and tell me how absolutely rubbish that was to have traveled the whole way across here and have not got the result that you you wanted and deserved. Um, and I think, you know, as coaches, we need to keep remembering that we are in a very humbling position when we are the person that somebody seeks out to, to speak to when things are going absolutely rubbish. Oh, totally. I couldn't agree more. Like it is, it is really humbling, isn't it? Um, and it's actually, I always feel like it's, it's a total honor, like to have that, like to be that person that they can just be totally honest with. It's quite, yeah, I'm here for it. I'm like, I'm here, come up, come here. And I think it does, you've either got that. I think that's something you can't really learn. I think you've got that or you don't, you know? Um, yeah, completely. completely. So, yeah is there anything else that you would like to share or talk about about communication um gosh is there anything else um I don't think so but okay. link to what you were saying about imperfections um mm -hmm. I've got a saying which which needless to say I can't remember exactly at the moment but I do use it with athletes quite a bit and it's about the fact that you know, perfection is a sum of our imperfections. Ooh. So that if we collect together, if we collect together all of our near misses, then we'll get the most perfect form of ourselves that we can. Ooh, oh, I like that. I mean, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of perfectionists on, on this podcast, hopefully. Um, and I think it's important. That's a good one. I like that one. My quote that I use regarding perfection is imperfect action beats perfect inaction because striving for perfection can sometimes really hold us back from trying. And I'll be totally honest, I sometimes get like that. And especially with those hard rep sessions that I know I need to do, I know they're not going to be perfect. And it's really, really hard. Like, it's really hard to get that traits to disappear and just go for it but I I say it to myself all the time pretty much on Wednesdays and Fridays funny that <laughs> <laughs> oh mean 
<laughs> right. Well, I think that's probably a good place to stop. So thanks so much, everybody, for taking the time to listen to this podcast. And thank you so much, Sophie, for giving up your time. I hope that you've taken something from this episode that has helped you in some way and feel free to reach out to me on Instagram, Coached by Claire Official or my website, coachedbyclaire.uk. You can also contact Sophie as well on her Instagram, which is performance underscore endurance underscore training. I'll put all those in the show notes. And I'm looking forward to meeting you again on the next podcast.